the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number two underway now, seven minutes past 10 o'clock. On this Thursday, the 10th morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2022, I just got a message on my Getter feed. As again, as you know, I dropped Twitter a couple of years back. I am uh, using Facebook even more and more infrequently, particularly since I've been suspended for 30 days for sharing COVID facts from Dr. Robert Malone. So I'm using Getter. Find me there at always write WHK, always write WHK. And I just got this message. The incredible waste of tax dollars aside, your show today is literally making me sick. I'm sure Ohio State is not the only school offering this kind of disgusting program, but you are right. It's now OH, oh no. Where is DeWine on this? All good if they get profit shots and wear masks, right? He's right, or she, whoever this uh, this uh, visitor is, or or getter friend is. Um, it's exactly right. Not a word from the federal or state government. Rather, your tax dollars and mine pay for Ohio State University, and Ohio State University is hosting the Sex Week, which they do every year. But this year, it's in particular. It's it's um it's uh, especially uh, annoying and aggravating and disgusting because of their pledge to thank abortion providers for the important work that they do. We'll come to that. I promise you. It's one of the issues we're going to talk about with our guest, our regular guest at this hour on Thursdays, Dr. Everett Piper, who is a past university president, a present um, columnist for The Washington Times, a best-selling author, a podcast radio host in Oklahoma, and our uh, regular commentator on this program each Thursday. Dr. Piper, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great, Bob. I hope you're doing well. I am indeed. Yes, sir. Thank you for that. Um, Dr. Piper, we've got a host of issues that you and I have planned to talk about, so we're going to dive right into into them. The first one being cults. Um, Not the traditional kind that you think of uh, when you think of, you know, the Manson family or maybe the the, uh, People's Temple cult or the Branch Davidians and, and some others, but Joe Scarborough on MSNBC says, those of us who oppose vaccine mandates and restrictions... Um, and mask uh, mandates, we're the cults. We're, 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 we're the ones who are members of a cult for some reason. Those of us who support the Canadian truckers, because they don't want to have the vaccines mandated on them. We are a part of a cult. And it's kind of funny, because in my head, I have thought about the fact that those who are proceeding with this mandate nonsense in the face of all of the studies and the science and the facts that prove they're wrong... They're the ones who seem to be in a cult, but I only thought it in my head. You put pen to paper, so let's talk about that. Well, uh, again, just to repeat the story, it was a little over a week ago that on Morning Joe, MSNBC's show, Morning Joe with Joe Scarborough and Mika, 
Joe Scarborough, with uh, Mika right there next to him, agreeing, said that the Freedom Convoy truckers are a cult. That's his language. He called them a cult. And I'm outraged. Number one, my dad was a truck driver. I'm a truck driver. uh, I'm a truck driver's kid. I'm the son of a truck driver, and I'm proud of it. And for him to go out there and call these hardworking men and women members of a cult just because they're standing up for their individual rights and their freedom and doing it not only for themselves, but for the entire country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm outraged. So I went up and looked the definition of a cult up, not in my, uh, a pejorative source. It's actually a secular source. It's called the International Cultic Studies Association. And this is what they say when they're defining a cult. So what is a cult, Joe and Mika? Well, a cult is something that excessively... Uh, is zealous and unquestioning in its commitment to a specific leader. Hmm. A cult punishes questions and doubt and dissent. A cult disparages those on the outside. A cult dictates how members should think and act and feel. A cult will tell people how to engage in their jobs and even what to wear. A cult claims some sort of elite status for its leaders and even for themselves. A cult has a special mission to save humanity. A cult has a polarized us-versus-them mentality. A cult attempts to induce guilt feelings in members in order to control them. It requires members to socialize only within the group at risk of alienating their family and friends. It goes on and on and on. Now, I think everybody listening right now, Bob, gets my point. That's a cult. The International Cultic Studies Association just defined it. So you tell me, who's the member of a cult here? Is the cult actually COVID and all of those mindless lemmings who are complying with every directive and every word uttered by his grand and glorious, his honorable, his venerable, Dr. Anthony Fauci? And a cult would punish anybody who dares dissent from such veneration. So when you dissent, they're going to call you the cultist? They might want to go back and crack open their freshman psychology textbooks, which talk about and define the issue of projection. Progressives are masters at projection. What they do is they say, I can't tolerate your intolerance, and therefore they project their intolerance onto you. The very sin that they're most guilty of committing, they will tell you that you're the one guilty of it. I hate hateful people. I'm sure nothing is sure. I know that nothing can be known. This is all projection. And now Joe and Mika are saying, you're the cultist. What they're doing is they're projecting their sin upon you because, no, I'm not in the cult, Joe and Mika, but you might want to go read the definition of projection, and maybe it's uh, ancillary axiom, the pot calling the kettle black. This is an insult, and it's not even well it's not even well-reasoned. It demonstrates a, a, a vacuous mind that they can't even understand that COVID has become the cult, not these truckers. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And the projection is the key part of all of this, uh, Dr. Piper, because you've pointed this out in many, many other stories you and I have discussed over the last couple of years. Uh, and that is they literally will accuse you of that which they themselves are doing or of which they are guilty. That is their, uh, that is their MO. And they actually think it works. And, 
truth be told, it does to an extent because the media never calls them on it or questions them on it. And if they did, they get away with it, uh, then it worked. And so they do it again and again and again. And that's what they're doing here by projecting cult status on these truckers and the supporters of these truckers. There's no question about it. Let's dive into topic number two. I spent a good portion of my last half hour <clears throat> before you came on reading through some of the sessions, the breakout sessions, or whatever it is that you want to call them. Uh, and in fact, that's actually probably pretty accurate, because if you do all of the things Ohio State is suggesting you do during sex week, you will probably have breakouts for the rest of your life. So in their breakout sessions, um, I was reading some of the specific titles and some of the things that they offer, in addition to the most obviously alarming uh, sessions two different times on Wednesday and on Friday they are going to ask students to come down and make valentines that they will send to or give to abortion providers to thank them for the important work they do and that important work of course is undoing all of the damage that these students these young adults are going to do to one another when they follow all of the guidances in the deviant practices promoted by Ohio State's sex week uh, Dr. Piper, I knew you'd have a response to this. Go ahead. Well, thank you for covering the story because so few conservatives will do so. Now, one of the I, one of the greatest irritations I have on this issue of of sexual nihilism, which is really what this story is about that that sex is nothing but recreation. It's nothing but consumption. It has nothing to do with moral judgment or moral culpability and moral responsibility or personal responsibility. Our educational establishment has been doing this for decades, and a lot of conservatives have just dodged it. They don't want to be labeled prudes. Um, they don't want to be told or, or accused of being fixated on sex. Again, it's an issue of projection. Ohio State is the, they're the ones fixated on sex. The progressive left is fixated on sex. Everything's about sex to them. But if you as a conservative raise your hand and say, excuse me, this, not, this might not be healthy. It, it might cause people to get sick. In fact, the data shows that over 20% of millennial-aged women have an STD. Is it possible, is it possible that what you're teaching them at Ohio State University and, uh, and Oklahoma State University and Michigan State University and even at some of our Christian schools, is it possible that you're the ones that are fixated on sex to the extent that you are guilty of not only killing children because of your fixation on abortion as a solution to your nonsense, but you're also... <clears throat> You're also setting up a system where women, women and men are getting sick. Women are infertile because they got sick because of the way they behave uh, within your worldview and within your system. How dare these people accuse you of being fixated on sex when they have Ohio State Sex Week, which is nothing but a debauch free-for-all, do anything and everything you want, and there are no consequences. There are no consequences. We're going to lie about the diseases. We're going to lie about the consequence there, and we're also going to lie about pregnancy. We're going to claim that it's not a life, that you can just kill it and then sell its body parts and then send Planned Parenthood a, a thank you note for, for allowing you to participate in this butchery. This is a condemnation of our culture to the extreme. My concluding statement on this is why in the world are you sending your kids to these institutions? Stop, because this behavior... This corruption, this immorality isn't going to stop until we call these institutions to account. Yeah, there, there's no question. And it's it's one thing to send your kids there and pay tuition to fund this sort of, you know, um, 
depravity and and I don't want to sit here and preach because I'm not capable uh, nor qualified to say immoral and judge what's immoral. But I have a heart, I have a soul, I have a mind, and I can I can judge these things for myself. But it's one thing for parents to pay for this voluntarily. The other part of this, Dr. Piper, is those of us who live in the state of Ohio who pay for it without volunteering to do so because it's a publicly funded university. My tax dollars pay for Ohio State's facilities, even though they say no public funds are used to host Sex Week. It's being hosted and held in the the buildings, on the property that is paid for and funded by our state tax dollars. So uh, by, by choice or by not, we are all paying for this. We ought to have a say in whether or not this is appropriate. And, and I would argue the, the citizens of Ohio do have a say. And I, I'm, I'm going to challenge you all that are listening to me right now. You've got to exercise it. You have to exercise your rights. You have to exercise the fact that you do have a say. You've got to found. Uh, you, you you can text, you can call your legislator, you can call your governor, you can hold people to account. Why why has CRT become so volatile, and why did the Virginia election swing on the issue of CRT? It's because parents finally woke up and went into these boardrooms, these school board meetings, and said no, no. And they also recognized the debauched nature of the sex education and these cartoons of you know, oral sex with children and all this kind of nonsense. You, I mean, the pictures are just so graphic and so disgusting that even seculars, non-Christians, got so outraged that this was happening. And the state was then saying, Terry McCall was then saying, they're my kids, they're not yours. You have no place coming in and telling us what to teach your kids. Parents finally got mad, and they swung the election. So they, you do have a say, you just have to exercise it. Dr. Everett Piper, you know, I, I could be wrong about this because I'm trying to find it. I could have sworn that I did a similar story in which I was similarly outraged and perhaps slightly more so because there was a there was a sex week type of event that was going on at Notre Dame, a Catholic university at Notre Dame. I, I can't I can't Absolutely. find it anymore. But do you know of that? Is that accurate? Uh, uh, I, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to say 99 percent. Yes, you're at it's accurate because, Bob, they all have them. They all have them because. It, they, we've all been imbibing the Kool-Aid of sexual nihilism that we have no right any longer in our culture to make judgments on sexuality that are grounded in morality. Well, I do think, and I'm not going to apologize for saying it's immoral to use a woman for your sexual gratification. And you're teaching young men, 20-year-old young men, that it's more important to know how to use a condom than it is to have character. So I do think that's a moral discussion. I do think it's a moral issue when women are getting sick and 20% of them have an STD because of the way you're teaching people to behave. I think that's a moral issue. People can call me a prude till the cows come home, but I'm going to defend the dignity of women because I'm the true feminist. I believe that the female should be defended and not be used as an object of recreation that you put on Sports Illustrated and then teach young men how to enjoy her. That is not moral. I'm sorry, it just isn't. Since you brought, we've got to go here because I got more topics and we got a time out. But just super quick, as I was looking to confirm the Notre Dame sex week because I've done that story before, this popped up from two years ago, February almost to the day, February eighth of twenty nineteen. Panel of Notre Dame professors ridicule pro life movement as being white supremacist. 
They recently they promoted abortion and disregarded pro-lifers as being white supremacists and racists because the predominant number of people who actually are pro-life are white. Therefore, that makes them, of course, anti-black or or just generally racist. So they're managing managing to lump it all together now. That's uh, that's another story for another time. We'll take our time out. We'll come back. We've got more with Dr. Everett Piper right after this. Always right with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. Okay, 1023, Dr. Everett Piper with us. Dr. Piper, let's talk about the trucker's convoy. Let's talk about the um, the attack on these blue-collar workers fighting for liberty. Tens and hundreds of thousands of Canadians and Americans lining the highways on the way into Ottawa during this massive convoy, showing their support. And it is being heard and it is being felt by the truckers. Tell me about this post of yours that went viral. I just think this is crazy. Okay. I've already disclosed earlier in the show that I'm a truck driver's son, and I'm proud of it. My dad didn't have a high school degree. He drove truck in Hillsdale, Michigan his entire life, and I'm proud of that. He's a hardworking man, and the ethics and the character and the morality that he instilled in me through that, that lifestyle and that type of personality. I, I, I carry it with a badge of honor. So don't insult truckers. I mean, when Joe and Mika called the members of a cult, I was outraged. Well, I, I posted a picture of the caravan. That's all it is, a picture of the caravan, and there's a letter circular, circulating out there in, 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 the, in the web, uh, in, in the cloud. There's a, there's a letter circulating out there in the cloud that I didn't write, but it's a letter from a trucker who's... It's just, it's just a nice, kind, heart-wrenching letter that says, this is my experience as I'm in this convoy. Thousands of people coming out and cheering us on. Boom trucks coming out with, with Canadian and American flags. Fireworks going off. People standing and giving us food along the way. And he just, it's just a nice letter. And he says, thank you to all the supporters. Cheers. That's, that's what the letter says. And I just reposted it. And I said, I'll stand with these guys rather than the Beltway buffoons any day of the week. And then I just hashtagged it, proud truck driver's son. So here's the moral of the story. Why is this important for everybody listening right now? As I speak right now on this show, I've had over 97,000 likes. 97,000 likes. Just reposting that nice letter saying, proud truck driver's son. I stand with these guys. That tells you that people are ticked. That tells you that people are upset. That tells you that we're winning. We are winning the day on this when I can get 97,000 likes. And I can tell you, I don't get that very often. I might get 500 likes on a post. 97,000 and counting. That is a phenomenal thing, particularly on Facebook, too, because you know, you're limited to the number of Facebook friends that you can have. So if this is getting that many likes, it's being circulated publicly among a ton of other people, and it shows that people are ticked, and they do care, and they do back the truckers and back all of those who are fighting for their own freedom, which is, of course, what we, are all, we all should be doing. Dr. Piper, last one we're going to have time for is going to be, you know, you and I talked about projection as, as far as what progressives do. We talked about that in the previous story uh, about what a cult is. Um, but you tweeted about this with respect to the Joe Rogan story. Projection is what progressives do, always accusing others of the very sins they are most guilty of. Got to admit, the words, physician, heal thyself, do come to mind here. You're talking about the Joe Rogan story, who, of course, we all know they tried to cancel him for daring to put Dr. Robert Malone on his air, and they're calling that uh, misinformation that can harm people. 
But they couldn't cancel them for that, so then they said, we got to find something else. So they went back into history and nine years ago found some shows in which he was discussing the use of the N-word. And that's their new method of cancellation. Take it from there. Okay, so this is, this is perfect. It's projection again. Oh, okay, so Joe Rogan should be canceled, silenced, sequestered. He, could, he should just go away. He's an evil human being because he used the N-word, right? Well, context doesn't matter to them. Do you know how he was using the N-word? He was quoting others, okay? I have quoted other people uh, because I want that, the, the weight of what they've said to be felt by you. I've quoted people who have used the Lord's name in vain, for example, I don't do that. I think it's wrong. I think it's a sin to use the Lord's name in vain. But there are times when I'll quote somebody who does, because I want you to feel the moral weight, uh, the wrongness of what they've done, uh, of their view. So Joe Rogan is using the N-word as he's quoting others, and now he's being criticized for it. That's one issue. But the other issue is projection. This best-selling author, and I'm sorry, Bob, I, I don't have the tweet in front of me. I forgot the best-selling author's name. Uh, Don but Winslow. But there's an author out what, What's his name? Don, Don Winslow. Okay, Don Winslow, a best-selling author, a novelist, is among the parade of people who are calling to cancel Joe Rogan for using the N-word. Guess what? Don Winslow's own books contain the N-word 50-some times. <laughs> so how in the world can you, with a straight face, they cancel Joe Rogan for doing this when you're doing it repeatedly in your own writing. Projection, projection, projection. The pot calling the kettle black. They, they, they can't tolerate your intolerance. They hate hateful people. They're sure that nothing is sure. They're absolutely confident. There are no absolutes. And I'll use the N-word till the cows come home, but you should be canceled when you do because you're wrong and you're evil when you do. This makes no sense. These people are a dog chasing its tail. It'd be funny if it weren't so sad. Well, you're exactly right, and I'm glad you told the Winslow story. And uh, and and just for the sake of completion here, uh, and at the risk of a broad stereotype, but I don't think it's that much of a risk because it is those on the left that are that are called and calling for the cancellation of Joe Rogan. These leftist voters are almost all exclusively Biden voters as well. And so, what I'm getting at here is, I'm wondering when the cancel call comes for their leader, President Biden. That important legislators and legislators in defeating the Nunes plan in the basement said, "quote We already have a Nick mayor, and we don't need any more Nick big shots." That was 1985. They can go back 10 and 20 years to get a lot of other conservatives canceled for things that they don't like today. I want to know, even in the context of a Senate hearing in which. Biden was quoting other people in the same way Joe Rogan quoted other people. If he's got to go, when are they going to come for Biden? Exactly. And it's two-faced. It's duplicitous. It's hypocrisy. It's projection. It's pot calling the kettle black. It is claiming that everybody else is sinful, and you're not, while you're committing the same sin that you're accusing them of. It makes no sense. It's the nature of the progressive worldview. It collapses on itself. They're sawing off the branch upon which they sit. It is going to come crashing down if we just continue to point out the lie. Well, as you say, it would be funny if it weren't so serious. I love watching them saw away you know, at that branch. I really do. I want to see them fall uh, because they deserve it. But the damage they're doing in the process to everybody else, that's what makes it not so funny. Dr. Everett Piper, terrific conversation. As always, good, sir. Thank you. We'll talk to you again soon. Blessings. Take care. Everett Piper on AM 1420. The answer. We're going to take a timeout for news on the flip. We're going to come back and talk to the son of former President Ronald Reagan, whose 111th birthday would have been last week, or actually just uh, 
what, four days ago. I believe it was the 6th. Um, so uh, Michael Reagan, who is an author and uh, the uh, CEO of the uh, Reagan Legacy Foundation, he's got a lot to talk about today. And we're going to talk about some great work that he's doing on behalf of veterans in the greatest generation in the Great War. We'll talk to Michael Reagan next, AM 1428. Waking up America from their woke slumber. Always right with Bob Franz on AM 1420. The answer. 1037. Thanks for being with us this morning on AM 1420, The Answer. Great conversation with Dr. Everett Piper. If you missed it or portions of it, you should hear it. And you can do that at whkradio.com. Go to the podcast page. Check out our number two of today's program. And obviously, uh, you can listen to any past interviews that you may, may have missed. We had some real good ones uh, earlier this week. Peter Kirsten now comes to mind, as well as Michelle Malkin. So check those out at whkradio.com. Okay. President Reagan, our 40th president, would have turned 111 years old four days ago. Uh, probably not coincidentally, he was born very close to President's Day, which is coming up on February 21st. And uh, coming up on President's Day, uh, as a part of a, a number of other events, uh, there is a celebration and an honor uh, being paid to the greatest generation the heroes, the brave men and women who served during the European campaign of World War II. And this is being hosted in uh, large part by the son of former President Reagan, the founder of the Reagan Legacy Foundation. And the walkway to victory from the Reagan Legacy Foundation, a nonprofit project, uh, like I said, honoring those who served in World War II to free the world from dictatorship and tyranny and the evil of the Nazi regime. Um, it's such an important project. We want to be a part of it. And we want to learn more about it. And that's why we welcome the son of President Reagan, Michael Reagan, back to our program now on AM 1420, The Answer. It's been a long time, a number of years since I spoke with you, Michael Reagan. I remember it. You probably don't, but it's good to have you back on the airwaves. How are you, sir? You know, I haven't changed my phone number. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, you, know, I... you can call anytime. I'm available anytime, day or night. Just call me. I'm in Los Angeles. What can I tell you? I gotcha. I gotcha. And uh, you're right. It is my fault. We do have your number. So we need to we need to make this a little bit more frequent. But this is such an important time here. Talk to us and give us some of the the background on Walkway to Victory. Well, the background goes back to really early 2000 when my dad's aircraft carrier was christened and commissioned. Uh, And uh, my wife and I and my family decided, what can we do to help the kids in the ship? And we started a program to offer scholarships to the men and women who served aboard the USS Ronald Reagan, who is now in Japan, the Reagan is, defending us. And we started this this project. And as we move forward, we're looking for other projects to get involved with. And a few years ago, I was invited to go raise the flag at the American Cemetery uh, there, you know, in at, at Normandy, France. And it's interesting, I was playing golf with a young man a couple of days before that here in L.A., 25-year-old manager of a restaurant, and I was telling him I was where I was headed and why, and he looked at me and said, why is there an American cemetery at Normandy, France? He had no idea. And I just looked at him and I said, you're kidding. I said, did you think D-Day is when your report card came out? I mean, this is crazy. He had no idea, and I thought to myself, I think he's the normal. 
that a lot, a lot of people just don't know. Young kids don't know about DK, don't know about Normie, don't know, you know what that greatest generation, in fact, did. So we decided to start a project and go in partnership with the Airborne Museum at St. Mary Glees, Normandy, France. St. Mary Glees is the first town freed by America on D-Day. If you saw Saving Private Ryan, that's where all the paratroopers were going. They were going to St. Mary Glees in that area. If you saw the longest day, red buttons is hanging from the church steeple at St. Mary Glees. And they have a, a museum there, Airborne Museum. There's four buildings. Uh, really talk about that opening day of D-Day. And so we decided to start this walkway to victory and brick in the pathways between the four buildings with the names of those who served in the Second World War in the European theater. So when people are there and they're walking around, they can look down and see the name of someone who parachuted in or fought in the European theater and, 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 and just bring it alive. And so we began that about six years ago. And it's, it's phenomenal, the reaction that we get, not only from the people who buy the bricks, but those World War II vets who are still alive who go to St. Mary Glees and look down and see their name being remembered for what they did. And so we started Walkway to Victory. You know, I'm, uh, I'm looking at a picture of the walkway right now at St. Mary Glees, as you say. And um, it, it, the, first of all, the walkway is beautiful. The inscriptions, you could tell just how, how much care... Uh, and and passion that the people have who are literally putting this walkway together have for this. But I'm seeing a picture of the people next to it as well. Uh, and, and these are people who are too young to actually be the veterans looking at their names, but they're pointing. A whole bunch of them are pointing at different bricks on the walkway, which are their loved ones, probably people that they knew the best or maybe names they recognize or what have you. That is such an important thing because, you know, um, pretty soon, Michael Reagan, that, that those are the only people who are going to be paying tribute to these veterans are their descendants because there are very few of the men and women who served in that campaign still alive. And yeah, how important is it for them to see this before they pass? Oh, it, it's, it's so important. And it really brings tears to the eyes of those who are still alive and see someone who remembered them and, and put their name you know, on, on, on these bricks. And, and, and the bricks are like $250 a piece. We're tax deductible. And 501c3, you buy a brick, you go online, walkwaytovictory.com, uh, fill out the information. Uh, we have the brick made in England, and it's shipped over to France. And, and there's been slow times because of COVID and what have you. Uh, and then it's put there in the ground at St. Mary Glees. And, and a, a lot of people say, well, I don't know anybody. That's okay. You can go to ReaganLegacyFoundation.org, get our address, send us a check for $250. Trust me, we will find the name of a World War II vet. And then what we do is we send you the information of the vet that you're sponsoring the brick on. So you'll get a picture of the brick when it's installed. You'll get the information of that, that person, that soldier who helped save the world. You can live through them. And when you go to St. Mary Glees, you can look at the brick you sponsor for someone, and, and, and any of the profits from that brick, I mean, there's not a lot, but any profits from the brick end up being paid forward to the scholarship program that we have for the kids who serve on the USS Ronald Reagan. That is phenomenal. And, and you know, Michael, I'm going to ask you before we're done to give that address again where people can go to um, uh, to donate that $250 to buy a brick and to personalize. It looks like 
from what I see, uh, up to three lines of personalization, including the names and ranks and branches, service dates, and whatever other the donor wishes to offer for a veteran. But there is also an option for a five-line brick for $500. So um, there's such a great chance here, and again, all tax-deductible, for people to truly honor those who, you used the words a second ago, that I think need need to be emphasized, saved the world. This wasn't just won a war. Lots of wars have been fought, and lots of wars have been won. But literally, this would, this saved the world. World War II, in the, in, in very similar to World War I, but th- th- this world would not be the liberty we enjoy in our country right now, in countries in Western Europe, and really all across Europe, uh, and across this planet. It was saved in, 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 by those who, who you know, cast put everything that they had on the line here they cast all notions of personal uh safety and and comforts aside and said i'm going to fight and stop him and stop them and we are going to save and preserve this world for ourselves and future generations i just i don't think that can be overstated um and it's so sad what you said at the beginning that today's younger generations don't know it they don't know what it was and they don't know they, that the world we was don't saved. Teach it. They don't know it. You know, my father was the first president of the United States to actually go to Normandy on D-Day, on D-Day. And that's when he gave the point to Hawk speech that everybody refers to. It was such a wonderful, wonderful speech. Uh, first president to go. Now, every president since my father has picked a D-Day to go over to Normandy to speak. The dad was the leader on that. Uh, he did 300 training films during the Second World War. Uh, one of the training films had to do with paratroopers and parachuting. Uh, and that's what he did during the Second World War. So, you know, it also helps me honor my father for what we're doing with the USS Ronald Reagan, with the Brick Project and what have you. But people again can go to walkwaytovictory.com, get the information you're looking at or Reagan Legacy Foundation, uh, and send us a check. We'll get that, we'll get that great hero, his name, and you'll get the information. So you, when you go to St. Mary Glees, you can look at a brick you sponsored of someone who did help save the world. Michael Reagan is our guest. He is the son, of course, of President Ronald Reagan. He is the founder uh, of the Reagan Legacy Foundation, uh, which partnered with the Airborne Museum to put this walkway to Victory Memorial Brick Program in place. And I'm so glad you've mentioned the Airborne Museum before. You just mentioned Point to Hawk as well. And and if you think that few younger people today know about D Day itself, and that is of course the, the the you know the Normandy invasion and the and the beach landing, even fewer know about the airborne campaign prior to that. You know, hours ahead of time, these tr- uh, paratroopers were were supposed to be dropped uh, behind the enemy lines to set the stage for the beach invasion, and it all went south. It was uh, they were dr- the, the you know drop zones were all over the place. Uh, it was extraordinary the amount of loss of life of those heroes. People don't know. Can you give us a little bit of a recounting about that part of D-Day? Well, it, it's interesting because they did. They landed everywhere. And uh, uh, you know, one of the stories is there, there was a German in every home in that area and uh, who had been there for a long time. They had occupied the whole area. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, when the sirens went off that there was an air raid, there was a trench built around the town. And you would go out of your house and dive into the trench to save yourself. And so this one family ran out of their house, dove into the trench. And right behind him, the German who had been living in their house dove in the same trench. And they're looking at him like, what are you doing here? And, and a, a paratrooper landed on the top of the trench. And the German who had a gun 
you know, point his gun at him, and and you are my prisoner. And the German climbs out of the trench, and, and the American puts his hands up and turns around. As the German climbs out of the trench, he looks up in the sky, and it, it is just dark with paratroopers. And the, the German taps the American on the shoulder, and the American turns around and says, no, I am your prisoner, and hands him his gun. Wow. Wow. Just, just these stories are unbelievable when you talk to these people. The, the, the street names in St. Mary Glees are named after paratroopers. John Steele, who was hanging from the church steeple. There's a restaurant right down the street. He just died a few years ago, named after John Steele. Um, but so many great things happened because of the accident of the fact that the paratroopers didn't land in the right place. Three paratroopers landed you know, out in the middle of nowhere, didn't know what to do, and they saw a car coming. They said, what do we do? And they dove, you know, into the brush to hide, and they came as the car was coming. They said, what should we do? What should we do? And they ended up shooting the car, and the car crashes, and the guy in the back falls out of the back, and he has this and has this, this, this uh, sheet of papers and what have you, and they fall next to him. And as he reaches for his gun, they shoot and kill him, and they pick up the papers, they look at the papers. It is the German... The German plan to react to Americans if they come in. So they now have the complete German plan of what they were going to do all through St. Mary Glees. Um, just great things happened because the wind would not allow these people to land where they were supposed to. Another thing people don't know, the, the 9,600 graves are at the American Cemetery. Mm-hmm. used to be 15,000, and they were all around St. Mary Glees. And the wife of the D-Day mayor took care of these grave sites. She's referred to as the Mother of Normandy. You go online, you can order the film. A friend of mine did it. Mother of Normandy. And she took care of all these grave sites, 15,000 of them. She was sending letters back home, holidays, birthdays, and what have you. And when the Americans made the agreement with the French to have this piece of property that we could bury our dead. They gave the availability to the loved ones at home if you want your loved ones sent back home to be interred or at the American Cemetery. That's why there's 9,600 at the American Cemetery, and there were 15,000 grave sites all around St. Mary Glees because of the mother in Normandy and the people there. Well, it's a it's a remarkable story, and this legacy must be carried on, and that's what the Walkway to Victory Memorial in St. Mary Glees, France, at the Airborne Museum is all about. So Michael Reagan is honoring his father, who is, of course, uh, was, of course, as he was the first president, as you mentioned, sitting president, to visit um, uh, Normandy on, uh, uh, on uh, D-Day. It's simply a remarkable thing, and this is how people can be a part of this. We need you to buy a brick. It's two hundred and fifty dollars. Um, it needs to be written to, or actually, let you, why don't you tell me? It goes to the Reagan Legacy Foundation. But how do people find out where to write this check, or how to put a credit card on this to buy one of these bricks to add to the Walkway to Victory Memorial? It's, it's all there. Go walkwaytovictory dot com. All the information is there. Uh, if you want to just send a check, you can go to Reagan Legacy Foundation. Our address is there. You can send us a check for two hundred fifty dollars. And and as I said. We uh, work with Diane Hike, good friend of ours, uh, and we will get the name of a, of a person who served in the Second World War, a paratrooper, somebody who landed on D-Day, or, or maybe came, came in three days later or five days later, but fought in the European theater, and we'll put that person's name on the brick. It will be sent, photo will be taken, and you'll get all the information about that person 
and where that person served and how they served in the Second World War. So you'll be able to live, if you will, through someone you actually sponsor if you don't know anybody. If you do, then fill out the information, all the information there about uh, how to pay and, and what have you. I'm looking at the webpage right now. Everybody can do exactly uh, what uh, Michael Reagan just said. Go to uh, uh, walkwaytovictory.com, and I'm looking at the page. There's a big red box in the upper right-hand corner that says Donate, so it doesn't get any easier than that. Go to walk uh, uh, walkwaytovictory.com and uh, purchase one of these bricks. It's hard to imagine the pride you would feel when you buy one of these and know that you are honoring a hero who literally, as Michael said, literally saved the world. Michael, keep up the great work with the Reagan Legacy Foundation. Thank you for coming on with us, and uh, thank you for spearheading this really wonderful memorial project. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Amen. God bless you. 1053. Now, we, pray, we play uh, Reagan clips at the top of each hour on this program, and it's not just because they're entertaining. Uh, it's not just because they're historical. Um, there's something about him and something about the way he spoke and something about the love of country you can hear in his voice that I think kind of uh, serves us well. Um, I, I really, really do. There's a lot of great presidents we could play clips of. Not all Republicans either. I would love to play some Kennedy clips. But, um, but there's something special about the way President Reagan delivered his heartfelt messages to this country. And uh, after talking to his son, Michael Reagan, here, I'm, I'm even more proud of how we do that. Right back after this. Whatever tomorrow brings. We've got a better chance of survival if we work together. Together on Always Right. We stay together, we survive. With Bob France on AM14. The answer. I am um, so honored to be a part of that again. I was so glad to listen to um, Molly Smith there um, for bringing America back to life. The conference, as you heard, is um, uh, March 11th and 12th. And I'm the fact that I've been asked to MC again for both days uh, is is really an honor, and I cannot wait to hear some of these speakers. Matt Walsh is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. I cannot wait to hear him. He'll be the keynote on Saturday night. Milo Yiannopoulos is an amazing story as well. Uh, David Barton uh, will be a part of this. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember some of the other names here. Uh, Michael Voris. Uh, a founder of uh, Church Militant and St. Michael's Media. It was a great presentation last year. I know it'll be another great one this year. Reggie Littlejohn uh, from uh, uh, the uh, international expert on China's one-child poly. Peter Kersenow! I forgot Pete! Peter is going to be presenting at the conference March 11th and 12th as well. Uh, there's a host of other names. It's it's really going to be... A, I thought last year's event was star-studded. Um, this one's bigger. This one's bigger. This one's going to be bigger, it's going to be better, and it's as important now as ever, especially since the Supreme Court has shifted uh, to an extent with the, uh, with the uh, confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett uh, being a 6-3 to three court now in favor of perceived pro-lifers. We never know what John Roberts is going to do, so I can't just you know swear to this, but there has never been a better chance than this court to overturn Roe versus Wade and return um, 
the decision on abortion laws to the states. There has never been a better opportunity than right now. So this year, maybe more so than ever, the Bringing America Back to Life, Con- Life Conference is, is as important as ever. Uh, so make sure that you uh, join us on one or both of those days. It's going to be an amazing event. I'm going to be very happy to be there. Once again, it's March 11th and 12th. Get more info at bringingamericabacktolife.org. That's it. That's all the time we've got. Thank you for being a part of the conversations. If you missed any of the interviews or any of the segments you wanted to hear, whkradio.com. Go to the podcast page. Go to Always Right. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the silence. Let's go, Brandon. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.